0: And welcome back for another Blackwatch Profiles. I'm your host, Thorn Rain. With me as always, my co-host, Mr. Kyle Wynn. How you doing this evening, sir?
1: Pretty good. Pretty excited. We get uh, to chat with one of our returning guests now, which is always fun. So I'm yep. excited to to kind of get some deep insight into the behind the scenes stuff. Um but yeah, it's been it's been a, a fun week so far. We got lots of stuff happening. Um we're gonna have a thousand things to talk about next episode because oh, we yes. have uh, like four different tournaments to, to catch
0: up on yeah. so and that uh that returning guest that mr Kyle talking about is none other than Dan Dj smoltz mcHugh how are you doing this evening sir <laughs> uh
2: I'm doing great guys it's uh it's been a while and I'm excited to be back on the show so uh, thanks for uh thanks for reaching out and getting in touch I think uh got a lot of cool stuff to talk about and uh yeah I'm excited to be
0: back Pretty Thanks. pretty excited to have you back on, but I gotta throw the super secret, uh, not on the list question out. The last time we talked to you, you were leaving to go to a Smash tournament. How did that go?
2: Oh my god! Um, what happened with that? Um, I'm pretty sure I lost. Uh, I lost. <laughs> part. Yeah, you know, there's some really good Smash players out there. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I've spent some time in the dojo since then, but,
0: uh, mm. I mean, with, with COVID <laughs> and everything going on, I mean,
2: you, why you, you got to throw me under the bus you, first question. Hey, <laughs> hey,
0: I didn't come here for this. The, we got to find out about the smash tournaments. We don't get to talk about a lot of other games, but, uh, we, we got that, we got that coin on, you now. so expect okay. it now. I'm I'm going okay. to keep up with you on smash now. Okay. All but right. uh, every, every time
1: you come back, I'm going to keep asking like, how many hours did you put in this last week? <laughs>
0: Yeah. I'm yeah. Okay. Noted. Awesome. <laughs> so Kyle, why don't you well, start us off on this first question here?
1: Yeah, uh first question is kind of uh we've seen lots of iterations in the last couple of seasons of contenders. We went from a kind of a group stage, then playoffs with a tournament bracket. Then last uh last season we went to kind of a more weekly tournament series with a, a bigger tournament bracket. And now we're moving to kind of a more monthly tournament series. Um with a bit more time in between. How would you rate the success of last season? And then what are your thoughts and feelings and of the rating of uh the July contenders tournament as well? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So um, you know, heading into this year, we were really excited to try something new. You know, uh, there was a lot of things that went into kind of the plan. It was uh, you know, we wanted more matches to be taking place, we wanted to be highlighting top players more. Um, and I think that we realized that, you know, were there some things that we could have done better? Um, absolutely. Um, and that's why we've been kind of excited about these more recent changes heading into the second half of 2020, um, where we're really kind of leaning into those things that we've always maybe wanted to try, um, and beyond. So, you know, it's kind of been a a mixed bag, um, on our side of, of just how, how well um we feel things have went because some things have gone well and some things um you know need to, need some improvement but um you know we introduced new content series like the contender spotlights and top 5 to get a little more promotion on uh both leveraging the YouTube platform um and also to get some more shoulder content um you know on our social channels and really pushing uh kind of these highlights and these and these stars more often so um that's been a really big win um but uh that's that's kind of it as on the start of 2020 but uh in terms of july um you know we think it was a great first step uh in working towards a tournament that um fans and players feel really good about um you know when we introduced things like the draft shows um that was another great opportunity for players to showcase kind of their personalities and and get in front of the camera in a more informal and kind of uh Um, you know still serious as as far as the competition goes but a little more flexibility to kind of be themselves and and that's really what we want to key in on more as we move forward so um you know the july tournament i think there's some things that will be changing and we we can talk about that but um yeah it's all good man
1: does uh does having the tournaments more spread out like having them monthly allow you to iterate a little bit easier. So if there's small things you want to tweak and change, you can do that a little bit easier than like last season where you really only had like four days between tournaments.
2: Yeah, yeah, Um for sure. I mean, that's kind of the, one of the reasons why we chose that model to move forward with is uh not only did we kind of see a lot of these shorter form tournaments kind of having success in regions like North America and Europe, Um even from a third-party perspective. But, um, you know, we also kind of want to be in a position where we can change things. And when we were locked in for the regular season that lasts a couple months and, you know, the playoffs, uh, and it's all one big thing, it's, you, you really can't make any substantial changes without kind of overhauling the competition and, you know, negating some things that you've already done. So this allows us to be much more reactive, you know, as we touched on in, uh, you know, that Reddit post that we made a few months back. Um, you know, we want to, we want to listen to the feedback that's coming from the, from the community and from the players. and, And this just allows us to be, uh, um, you know, much more reactive to all of that. So yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been great.
0: So kind of one of the things that we saw, um, get asked a lot on Twitter once the new format was announced was, uh, going down to, uh. A first to two format uh kind of what was the motivation uh behind that was uh, time requirement in order to stream because we went to fully streaming all of the matches over the course of the week um kind of what what pushed that change through for this last season
2: um yeah i think it was a couple things i think you know one um we want to we want to be able to experiment with different things uh, in these tournaments. So uh, we had, we had utilized first to two uh, kind of tournament series at the world cup event last year. Um, And we saw an opportunity to maybe revive them in a, in a cool way here. Um, You know, we want to be able to cover all the matches. We want to be able to, um, you know, really showcase the whole scene. And, And, you know, this was kind of our, for this is one of the things that we thought we'd try out, um, to begin with, um, you know, definitely hearing feedback on both sides, you know, there's some people who are in favor of it, some people who aren't, um, you know, it's something we're listening to. So, um, I think that there's, there's even some ongoing discussions right now about, you know, whether or not we'll bring back first threes or not, but, um, yeah, I think that, you know, from a competitive standpoint, it's, it first to twos has been okay. We, we switched the, uh, Rules where we're not starting on control, so that was uh, you know, part of it as well. So, we're not we kind of like lifted the shackles on control, um, you know, when it comes to start kicking off a series. So, that in tandem with the first to two was kind of something that we felt good about. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're just going to keep iterating and and um, going from there.
1: And then, kind of with that, another kind of interesting change that I don't think I've seen thus far, but I'm not you know, super deep into. Other eSports is the concept of a double Elon bracket without a a finals after the lower bracket finals and so I'm kind of curious about like what was the idea behind this um what what are the pros and i guess the cons as well uh of doing this kind of different bracket style for a double elon bracket
2: yeah um so you know I think again it's just really this kind of experimental phase that you know we're us as a team are kind of heading into and and this modified double elimination bracket was something that had come up um it kind of really put more emphasis on uh being staying in the upper bracket and winning the upper bracket because that essentially guaranteed you the victory um you know i think that looking back on it and after all the feedback that we've received from it Um, This is actually one of the things that we're going to be changing um, moving forward. So um, it's, uh, we will be moving back to a full double elimination bracket for the future tournaments. Um, You know, we received that feedback, both on Reddit, Twitter, the players um, and whatnot. So we think it's a a good move. And, and that's the kind of the, that's where we want to be in a, we want to be in a position where, you know, if something's not working, um, you know, that, the community and the players feel good about our ability to implement changes and fix it so um you know we we may may have not seen the results we wanted to there but um you know again i think in the future now we uh
0: now we know cool yeah definitely um so th- basically through the ages of Overwatch esports uh we've seen almost every single format uh swiss uh, round robin. Um, and now with contenders moving over to this tournament format, um, do you think that the tournament format works better for contenders rather than the old round robin? Um, and kind of if you could pick your favorite, what would be yes. your favorite type of, uh, <laughs> format to watch it, it may not even have to be like four contenders but just going back through the uh the times
2: yeah um yeah so a couple things there um i think that the first one is really uh you know all of these different tournament formats that were kind of spinning up in each region and leaning into you know, I think that that's the beauty of of what we're what we're doing here is that these different styles and 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 different tournament types, um, you know, resonate differently in in each region. Um, and now we can tailor these experiences to what works best for those local players and fans, uh, as well as the the global audience. So, um, you know we've We've seen successes in the past with the league style. We've seen successes in the past with these tournament styles, and you know we're just gonna be continuing to do what's best for each region. Um, you know' I, I'm, we're excited to to keep you know trying out different things and it allows us uh, the opportunity to experiment differently with these different tournaments. Uh, you know, we don't have just a single tournament series or, or format that is global anymore. And, you know, if we want to try something out with a short form tournament or we want to try, you know, a certain condition with, uh, you know, a round robin or or playoffs or whatever, you know, we have the ability to try more than, um, you know, a single format was uh, kind of limiting us to. So, Um, and then the second part of the question, um, in terms of like what my personal favorite is, uh, I love double elimination brackets. I think that it's like, you just always get a lot of really really solid moments in them and um you know i think the players enjoy them uh quite a bit too i think that um you know kind of offers that chance for redemption in the in the event that they go to the losers bracket and um and that always is nice so um i would have to say double, double limb is is my favorite for sure
0: yeah they moving it to the tournament format for na definitely made the matches a lot more exciting to watch uh we always go back to the um fusion university going up against bi-week back in you know early 2018 <laughs> oh, it's like man, oh, man do i really want to put myself through watching this like it's gonna end quick but i see it you know once a season it's so uh yeah definitely digging the uh the double limb format now
1: Yeah, and I think we went around questions a little bit. I think we did like a two for one there. So, Thorne, I guess you want to ask
0: your your next question. We got like double coverage, which was cool. (laughs) Yep. Um, So the academy system has been kind of... In the beginning, it was super hype. We saw literally no open teams able to take down academy teams for a very long time. Um, Mm -hmm. And now we're down to the point where in NA... We have one academy team and they are currently floating between trials and open division. Um, yeah. so with that being said, Uprising Academy kind of sitting down there. Um, what's kind of your guys' thoughts with all of the teams pulling out and where the state of the academy, um, kind of ecosystem sit mm-hmm. right now?
2: Yeah. Um, You know, know, it's not great to see the academy teams, um, you know, kind of step away from the contenders program. But, um, you know, this is, we don't require their participation, you know, and these organizations decide how they want to develop talent, um, you know, and whether they choose to operate a team right now is entirely up to them. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, you know, we as an organization want to create a, a platform or an environment that they want to be involved in. Um, and, and we're, we're really thinking about ways that we can switch up kind of how they interact with uh, you know, contenders uh, most notably the announcements of the two-way players that just got announced recently where uh, teams aren't required to have an Academy team in order to have two-way players Um And, you know, they they still have received those same benefits. So, you know, we're really just trying to not only solve for the development side of things, but also, like, how to keep all players playing, uh, you know, all players active, whether they're on an Overwatch League team, whether on an Academy team, um, you know, or somewhere in between, like, a two-way contract. Um, You know, we are actively thinking about, um, you know, how we keep these Overwatch League teams wanting to stay involved wanting to leverage contenders is a place to either have their bench be developed or you know develop new and up and and coming talent um so yeah you know it's um it's something we're definitely focused on and and i'm sure we'll have more to share in the future too
1: yeah something that i'm wondering is it it seems like there was a ton of teams at the start who thought they knew how to work the academy system and how to like kind of uh grow talent and then it seemed like a lot of them realized they had little to no idea of like how to scout players properly and go through that whole process and then grow the talent and then they brought up players who they thought were going to be huge and then didn't work out so it it seems like a lot of these teams are like realizing that it's it's a hard process to like scout talent in open division or in trials on a team and then move them to an entirely different team where the ecosystem has changed, you know, the, the agreed upon style and structure has changed between teams. And so um, it is interesting that we are now moving into a process where, um, where they don't have to have an academy team, but instead can kind of, still trial players from these other teams and so i guess that moves us into the next question you mentioned this that we do have this rule that is now enabled uh two-way contracts to be signed between overwatch league teams and players who were on open teams and so you don't have to have um, fusion university in order to have fusion have a a player Mm -hmm. now you can have them on team doge or Comic large crosshair or slept on or whatever um yeah, these do you think <laughs> yeah i know there's that's like one of my favorite things about <laughs> the open teams. Them, like, I, I gotta give them credit they uh you get the the deep references on things um do you think teams are going to take advantage and and have a, a bunch of two-way players on a bunch of different teams do you think we're gonna see like a hybrid of, of picking up a player for one of the the shorter um the shorter contracts i think the two-week contracts are a thing um how are you kind of uh envisioning this process of going in this season and then the ne- next season of overwatch league and uh contenders
2: yeah so i believe that these changes go into effect um heading into next season so uh okay. I, as far as this overwatch league season goes uh, i believe uh you know the changes aren't in place yet but um yeah i mean you know like here's the thing the when it comes to, like, two-way player policy, um, you know, how these teams interact with, uh, you know, the different programs uh, at the Overwatch League level, that is, um, you know, we're involved on the Path to Pro team, um, you know, um, in addition to those folks on the Overwatch League team, and then in addition to, like, the Overwatch League franchises themselves. So, like, we're all kind of shaping these policies about how these, um, you know, how how these players get utilized. So things like the 30-day contracts that are coming, um, you know, things like this new two-way player movement, like this is all something that's kind of been, uh, you know, developed on our end, reviewed with the Overwatch League team. So I, I can't say that there's going to be any one way that like, you know, teams are going to really uh, engage with it because our you know our, our kind of hope here is that you know they do whatever they have to do for their organization some players some teams will have a deeper bench and maybe they'll have an academy team some play some teams will have you know maybe not have a deep bench and they just want to loan out their players while they're not being used in overwatch league like creating it's really about creating all these different opportunities so that um you know if if an org is struggling by not having you know a place for their players to play you know they have options in in how to um you know and how ha- and how to leverage the system that they're working within and and that's really what's what drives a lot of this is how do we keep these players active um yeah no matter what level they're at so um, our hope is that you know they uh is that they use it any way they need to
0: interesting okay Definitely. So one of the other things that came up from that post um, about 2020 season kind of changing was, um, I think it was specifically in the NA region, there was going to be kind of workshops and educational seminars to help uh, with the promotion. We talked a little bit, or you talked a little bit about the uh, the new YouTube content and stuff like that. Has mm-hmm. any of these kind of seminars... Uh, started and can you touch on a little bit if they have kind of what they are and what they go over
2: yeah um so they we haven't started rolling out the sessions themselves but as far as like the course material um yeah we have identified a few um a few things that we want to be uh exploring and uh you know a lot of it's kind of very basic stuff that a lot of players receive at the overwatch league level where um you know like basic media uh, guidelines. We want to prepare them to be able to handle interviews, um, social media, um, all of these sorts of things. Feedback, because uh, you know, sometimes the Overwatch League players and whatnot are able to provide feedback um, directly to the dev team um, about things. So just kind of prepping them for those conversations. Um, and this is something that we want to develop with the players. So we've gotten a lot of feedback internally. Um, we've gotten a lot of feedback from, you know, players that are, have retired or moved on, you know, like Jake or, um, or others that kind of have had that experience. So, you know, even though the list is kind of short right now for the things that we want to be covering, um, you know, as time goes on, you know, we'll hear what players are most interested about. We'll think what provides the most value, um, and, you know, continue to build on that list of curriculum that we have to uh you know kind of prepare these players for the next level so um we're hoping that we can roll it out sometime in the next couple months uh, our first couple sessions here so, so say in like september maybe october at the latest
1: okay so is this kind of a a way to try to better prepare these players for the the kind of the life switch that happens between kind of just playing and your bedroom with a, a team of friends that you got into trials with or whatever, then to make that professional jump as to how like the, you know, what you probably should or shouldn't say on the you know, social media or how to kind of manage the professional work-life balance and all that sorts of stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's exactly that, you know, these, um, you know, it, it's for us, the, I, we, we feel like the contenders program shouldn't be just a platform where players can, you know, play the game and get better at the game. Um it's like how are we preparing them for the next step and what comes after that because it's not just being good at the game. You know, that's that's only a part of it. You know, you have to be able to and the you know the um you know the more work that goes into um themselves outside of the game, you know, the more opportunities that open up for them, you know. It's it, these players represent brands, they represent themselves. Um you know, and we're just trying to make sure that they're set up um as best as possible when they do get that call up to the big leagues
1: yeah i, I think it is interesting that like I, I i haven't heard of something like this yet but it totally makes sense because with other sports you have for most parts a, a mandatory like college requirement. So in basketball you have to play a couple years in college and you get a lot of those nice life skills and experiences there mm-hmm. um but a lot of players don't have that because they start at 18 and instead of going to college they'll just play overwatch league or whatever and so they don't really have that opportunity so it's nice to be able to see like this ability for them to get some of those more life skills and experiences on marketing themselves and and financial responsibility and all that sorts of stuff so that is an interesting thing and i'm surprised i haven't heard of it from elsewhere before but like esports is still a very new world and it seems like everyone's still trying to figure out like where like what the best course of action or like how to best um navigate these kind of new waters mm-hmm. um so something that is very topical is we are literally i think we just had two in the last four days uh in the 40, middle of 30, one. Yeah, yeah yeah uh we are deep in the middle we have the mayhem uh summer series and then the Beat valiant fest. feed fest is that what it is
0: yep mm-hmm.
1: so yeah we're seeing a lot of um Overwatch League teams kind of take it upon themselves to do these um third party tournaments. Um I guess kind of what like what is your involvement as a department and kind of what are you um what do you see as like the future of these kind of third party tournaments?
2: Um, you know, I think that there's there's kind of two parts to that question and, and the first is like the Overwatch League events. Like Overwatch League teams can host third party events. Mm-hmm. uh kind of whenever they want really um and i think that you know now we're just starting to see them be more active uh in that and that's a that's a great thing um i can't say uh you know us as a department we um kind of just set them up you know we kind of treat it the same as uh most third party events um you know that we you know kind of organize or supply licenses to it's a roughly similar process from you know our end um and you know, at least how this something that we touched on in our last update was how we wanted to tie third party events into the official path to pro system. You know, and there's been ideas floating around. You know, like um, you know, instead of teams qualifying for contenders out of just open division, like maybe if there's a qualified third party tournament, we could uh, you know save some spots to come from that, or you know, even like in, in Pacific now where we launched the Overwatch Ace tournament. Um, And we're, you know, we'd be qualifying in a team out of that for a gauntlet event. Um, You know, so we're thinking about different ways, and and that's tying them into our our first party programming is is one thing. Uh, And in addition to that, you know, we're exploring, uh, you know, potential prize matching uh, options for qualified organizers. Um, But this is one of those things, again, where, you know, it's nothing is concrete right now. It's like these are ideas and, and, you know we're actually really looking forward to third party organizers kind of suggesting what they want to see from us um you know how how can we support them better how do we, how can we get them integrated um you know with our programming um and we want to be very flexible in the way that we handle these this structure because you know one of our goals internally is to just really create the space for uh you know these organizers to you know really have as much flexibility as possible um so we we want to be flexible on our end too and um you know although we don't have anything that's tying directly into our programs right now outside of maybe the Ace tournament in Pacific um you know it, we're, we've definitely been talking with some organizers already and um you know that that could change down the road which uh you know we hope it will so
0: yeah awesome. definitely with the uh the Overwatch League teams getting those being able to hold their own tournaments. Um, this is what, the second one we've seen from Mayhem, I think the first from Valiant. Maybe. Maybe I think this, they did some in the past. Yeah, they might no. this might actually be the second one. Um it, it's getting a lot of good feedback from what I'm seeing. Um I know that they're doing a lot of extra stuff like they did the community um like art showcase on the feed fest um valiant was running like game shows during theirs um the the production value that the that they're coming up with for these third-party tournaments it's really really cool to see and uh it's just bringing more people in to kind of the tier two scene which is nice so
1: yeah i was gonna ask and i guess there's like a we're seeing a a resurgence. I don't think we've talked about it since it came up, but we saw Fran has hosted two different, um, just essentially like by herself and with whoever else was willing to help. Um, Basically the similar scale as these Overwatch League team tournaments. I guess this is the other side that um, we're still seeing kind of new things coming out of it. And it is these like tournaments that are, run by individuals or smaller groups or organizations that aren't necessarily overwatch league teams. Um, is, is the process fairly similar for those as they are for the overwatch league teams? It's just a similar, um, licensing yeah. and helping yeah, them out. with yeah, the um,
2: yeah. All this information is pretty much publicly available on, uh, the blizzard website about licensing third-party events. And basically they apply for uh, either a custom license, um, you know or just like a you know a classic license that kind of has all the criteria laid out uh you fill in a, a quick form with what the details are about your event and then it'll tell you whether or not which type of license you'll need um and yeah i mean it pretty much goes through the same same process regardless um uh yeah regardless
0: cool okay so get into a little bit of a little bit of spice and then something that i know me and kyle have been wanting for a very long time so let's start with the spice portion of the question here uh scrim replays apparently there was a discord out there with um teams sharing scrim replays we Mm -hmm. saw a couple teams get uh removed from all competitions for i believe it was uh, August and September, we saw a couple of the teams announce. Um, so talk a little bit about kind of what was going through management's minds when they found out about this. Like, what was your guys's thoughts on how you were going to have to handle, because uh, we talked about these kids having to realize that they're now representing a brand. How you guys are going to have to handle these teams. And then, um, scrim replay or, um, match replays, not scrim replays. I don't want the scrims. Uh, match replays for the general public to do analysis on soon, maybe, hopefully.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay. Had to throw the spice at me. I, I see how it is. We, we, we got to uh, end it
0: hot. We got to end it hot. Yeah. <laughs>
2: All right. I respect it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, when it comes down to the, uh, you know, the scrim sharing stuff that that we found, um, it was reported to us and, um, you know, I mean, we, we treat any report seriously. It doesn't matter how big or small the issue might be or, or feel to somebody or internally, externally, you know, we, we kind of handle all these things, uh, you know, just as serious as, as the next one. So, um, When we first got told about it you know we we looked into it and um i mean like you know it was a clear breach of the rules it's outlined specifically in the contenders official rules um you know i forget exactly what section it is but it's like clearly outlined that you know teams can't be sharing you know what would be considered confidential information they can't be um Uh, scrim sharing you know that sort of thing and that's what we found that's what we found and um you know each penalty that that hits our hits our door um you know has to go through a review process and um you know this is something that we don't want to see contenders you know we don't want to see um it's just not cool you know it's not it's not cool and um you know it this is really the first time it's come up at the contenders level so it was new for us and um it's something we felt we had to come down pretty hard on because uh you know we don't want teams feeling like they can do stuff like this uh at this level because uh you know they definitely won't be able to do it at the or at the Overwatch League level um and um you know it, it, we need to kind of course correct that behavior and and uh, set things straight so you know, it is what it is. And we, and we took the actions that we did. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, you know, because, you know, maybe they didn't realize what they were doing, or maybe they did, you know, but uh, you know, either way, it was still a breach of the rules. So we had to take action.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I do have kind of one follow up question. And like, if this is something that is not something that can be publicly disclosed, like, feel free to say that, like, no worries. Um, I will. something, Something that was pointed out that was a bit odd is that it stated i think it's something about the, the particular teams but not the players so i was wondering like if you could possibly explain like whether it was just the teams and so if this uh if six players that were on one of these teams got together on a new team name would that still like would that be a, a loophole that they could do or was that just um incorrectly reported on whoever had reported it in the first place
2: um yeah i think i could just kind of clarify that so you know we took actions against the team as a whole um and players individually um okay so for those players that didn't receive any like uh individual action uh they are free to compete in the next cycle here Mm, Um, okay so um you know those that that did receive individual punishments
0: um they know who they are yeah <laughs> okay. and, and that's and that's understandable because yeah out of six players on a team there might be two of them that were breaking the rules so the team gets it those two get it the other four are free to look for other opportunities yeah, would, yeah.
1: that would be the worst, like the most frustrating thing is like if you have two teammates being you know goobers and doing things you're not supposed to be doing then now you can't play and can they ruin your possibility like no so that okay that does make sense and it it is good to hear that that's you know much more in tune with what we thought was the way it would have been regardless but yeah with these things it's not ever fully reported to the depth of what you get on like an overwatch league reporting scale so there's always a lot of things that are being missed from
0: reports and stuff like that always like trust some of the the posts from players and teams on twitter so it's like you get a little bit of information and you're like eh, that sounds a little sketchy i need to try to figure this out um yeah
2: um yeah um uh, so on the uh <laughs> all right spice is behind us now uh yeah, yeah. On, the, on the scrim or on the uh, match replays uh something that's uh, i don't have any uh, update on that I'm not sure if we talked about it last time, but yep. um, I believe we did. Yeah, um, yeah. Still, still, uh, we've got some cool plan, but um, no update on the on the match replays yet.
0: For sure, uh, okay. I I can I can live with the the cool the cool stuff uh, kind oh, of tease right there. No, you I, you, you don't got to worry about better. it. That's that's why my co-host is an audio guy. He takes care of exactly. all that stuff for us, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's really... And it's really only Apple that has an issue with it. Like, you know, that whole rating system that they have. (laughs) We can bleep it out. I think
2: that'll be the first time I would need to be bleeped out in my career. So
0: you
2: guys got the first one. We got the first (laughs) one. Uh, I'll take
0: it. Um, But that's that's pretty much all of our questions for tonight. Um, So if you got anything that you want to throw out, uh, your socials where they can find you, um anything that's coming soon that you want to you know soon tm or
1: announcement of an announcement or anything like that as well we'll take all open platform
2: (laughs) yeah um you know i one i just want to thank you guys again for for having me it's it's always nice to come uh come chat and you know give you guys some some insight into what's going on over here um it's been a it's been a great year. Um, we're looking forward to the rest of the 2020. Looking forward to seeing how all of these changes plan out or pan out. Um, you know, keep continuing to listen to everybody's feedback from really any direction, um, and keeping more constant communication with the with the community. You know, it's uh, we are planning to do some sort of update um, that talks about a lot of the stuff that we talked about here today, um, some t- on Reddit or whenever it's going to be um, some point in the next week uh maybe it gets gets out this week maybe next week we you know we'll see but um we want to keep that dialogue open we want to keep listening we want to keep making things better and uh and building this thing together so um really appreciate you guys bringing us on uh as far as what's coming down the pipeline um i don't know it's it's too big really to talk about but you know it's uh you know we know that we can improve the way that we're we're marketing and promoting the contenders program over here. And, and we've got, uh, you know, we're working on some, some pretty cool stuff to, uh, you know, to just, just make sure people know what's going on and they can support tier two. So, um, you'll know when it gets announced.
0: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely.
2: Um, but yeah, outside of that, I mean, you can follow the, the contender stuff on, uh, OW path to pro. Um, and that's it, you know, we'll, we're just going to keep updating, keep listening, and uh, keep keep making this thing better. So, that's it for me.
0: Cool. Uh, Kyle, uh, why don't you let the listeners know where they can find you on the internet?
1: You can find me on Twitter. Uh, I think it's just Twitter for now. I'm, I'm working on some interesting uh, streaming things, hopefully, in the future for music stuff. but. Requires some additional hardware to be purchased, but hopefully we can get some live music streams here in the future. Nothing uh, you. Eagle Day. Yeah, you can <laughs> find me on Twitter at Kyle the Winner W Y N N E R for some lukewarm Overwatch League and contenders takes, as well as some interesting game dev stuff.
0: Uh, you can find me over on Twitter at Thorn Rain. Um, I don't tweet a whole lot. But uh, when I do do some streaming, I do it right here on the Twitch channel. I might be doing some Overwatch here shortly. Uh, that solid silver uh, support play, you know, <laughs> top tier, baby. Uh, <laughs> give me my Anna back. Uh, but uh, you can find the show over on Twitter at Blackwatch Report. Uh, no, oh, that report, you can email the show, Blackwatch Report at gmail.com and follow the show right here on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Blackwatch Report. Record live. Sundays, 6 p.m. Eastern, and our intro music is an original piece by our own Mr. Kyle Wynn. This has been a High Noon production. You can find all of our shows over at highnoonpodcast.com, and come and chat on the Discord over at discord.me slash highnoonpodcast. And with that, Black Watch out.